0: What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Hey, it's another New Vision Podcast. Cloud with you here. And we are going through the book of Hebrews as a companion to the sermon series. We are in this podcast in chapter 7 currently. We join our author in a mid-argument. And so if this is your first podcast, maybe you clicked on for the first time today, you never know, my advice is maybe go back a couple episodes and uh, maybe go back to the beginning of Hebrews and kind of and track along with us. Probably not the best one to listen to if it's your first one. But for those of you who have tracked along with us, we're, we're picking up mid-argument here in chapter, chapter 7. The author of Hebrews, he's talking about how Jesus is this great high priest. And you got to know the audience, the audience is these converted Jews, uh, a, a, an assembly of people who m- might not be believers, we saw that in chapter 6. Anyways, the great the great temptation of these these this audience is that hey, we're not so sure about Jesus. And is he really all that because we're under a lot of pressure and we kind of want to go back to traditional Judaism and now's this time where it's like wow, there's this, you know, almost like a line drawn in the sand like are you going to see that the Jewish Bible, the Torah, and the Old Testament, all that stuff pointed to Jesus the entire time, or are you going to reject that? And and so the author of Hebrews is going through these lengthy arguments talking about no, Jesus is greater than. And so here we are. We're in verse 18. I am just going to read it. Um, I'm going to try to just read it. It's hard for me to do that, but starting in verse 18, going through 22. Really quickly before I do that, Steve was with you all yesterday. You probably heard some of this stuff, but Right now, in this argument, uh, the author is basically comparing Jesus to Melchizedek, and Melchizedek was this uh, priest th- that functioned as a priest and a king. God appointed him in the Old Testament to Abraham. Ross talked about that. Uh, you know, we talked about that for the past couple of days. And so, and in other words, when we when we heard so- when we hear something, hey, you're a priest in the order of Melchizedek. What he's talking about is not that Jesus descended from you know this person named Melchizedek. He's saying that. Jesus, you're right. He's not from the tribe of Aaron. He's not from the tribe of Levi, who had this tradition of being the, the tribe of which the priest came from, the traditional way, right? And so the Jews are like, well, oh, he's not a true Levi, you know? Well, yeah, you're right. He's from the tribe of Judah, and so he's a king. But that's like what Melchizedek was, because he was a, an appointed outside of Abraham's tribe. He was an appointed uh, priest, towards Abraham at the end of this battle and he functioned in that role as a priest and a king and so the author is like look you guys you you're not unfamiliar with this concept and so that's the big idea it's like he's talking about Melchizedek and he compared Jesus to him talking about we need a perfect priest and that's a big deal We need someone that's perfect and that's something that the author of Hebrews is really trying to argue here because he's saying look, the tribe of Levi, the Levitical priesthood, man, it's it's done with. Like it's served its purpose, and now it's Jesus. And so you got to decide what you're gonna do with that because it's not perfect. Jesus is perfect. And so we saw that yesterday. Steve spent some time with you on that. If you study for yourself, you see he's he's talking about that. And we pick up uh here in verse 18. I'm gonna read it in mid-argument. So hopefully you've listened to that. Verse 18. For on the one hand, a former commandment is set aside because of its weakness and uselessness. For the law made nothing perfect. But on the other hand, a better hope is introduced, through which we draw near to God. And it was not without an oath. For those who formerly became priests were made such without an oath. But this one was made a priest with an oath by the one who said to him, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. Verse 22, this makes Jesus the guarantor of a better covenant. So that's verse 18 through 22, like we did a couple days ago. I want to just read these over again. Let's do it again. For on the one hand, a former commandment is set aside because of its weakness and uselessness. For the law made nothing perfect. That's verse 18. So he's talking about, hey, look, you know, why, why do we even need a priest? Okay, this is connected to that argument. Well, because we know we're sinners. The law, God commands certain things, God's perfect, and you you need to live according to his morals and his ethics, and oh no, we can't do that. Well, dang, we need a priest. Okay, so that's what Aaron and the tribe of Levi, that that's what they function, that's a priest. So we're dealing with the priest who's mediating for us because we're failing to meet this commandment, and that's what he says here in verse 18 and 19, the law made nothing perfect. So You, you, All the law did, and Paul talks about this elsewhere, is that it shows us that you're a sinner. You can never attain perfection. You can never attain salvation through the law in and of itself. Now, the law functions perfectly according to what its design uses for, but it can never bring salvation. And the Levitical priesthood is not perfect, and that's the big deal. We need a perfect priest, one that is eternal. So that's verse 18. Then verse 19, but on the other hand, a better hope is introduced through which we draw near to God. Jesus is the perfect priest, the way that we can draw near to God. Verse 20, and it was not without an oath for those who formerly became priests were made such without an oath. So they got appointed, the tribe of Aaron and the the Levites and that priesthood, and it was the descendants, the male heirs, and then their son would be the priest. And that, it was like the tradition, you know? And so this one in verse 21, but this one, Jesus, was made priest with an oath by the one whom it is said, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind, you are a priest forever. And that is, again, he's quoting from uh, Psalm 110, verse four. We saw that yesterday. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. You're appointed as prophet, priest, and king, the threefold office of Christ. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. So again, the Levi, the Levitical priest they died, and you keep having to to have them over and over again. And it's true that God appointed the, the tribe of Levi, and that that would be the way that the priesthood functioned. But he never made a promise to them that the Levit- Levitical priesthood would be eternal. See, that's the difference, and that's why it's like, okay, Jesus is greater than you. <laughs> Jesus is greater than that. It's time to draw a line in the sand and see that Jesus is the great high priest and that he ascends uh, and fulfills the Levitical priesthood. And he is eternal. And that solves this perfect priest problem. They've never had a perfect priest up until this moment. Because... Priests were just men, and they had to atone for their own sins, and then guess what? They died. That's the penalty of sin, and so they did it over and over and over again. How many thousands of years now that they've done this, and now Jesus is like, no, I'm the God-man, and I'm the perfect priest, and perfect in that true sense of the word that I solved the God problem, quote-unquote. It's a God-sized problem that he is righteous and perfect, and no one can come into his presence, so we need a God-sized you know, plug to fill the god size gap. And there we go. Jesus is the God-man. So the God, it can f- solve that problem. But we also need someone who can understand with us and be sympathetic towards us. And Jesus, his his earthly ministry, he was, you know, incarnate. He was a full man. So he's fully God and fully man. That's perfect and really perfect. That's the perfect High priest. He's greater than what the audience is cl- clinging to. Verse 22, this This, what we've talked about, this makes Jesus the guarantor of a better covenant. And we will go on in chapter 8 to talk more about the covenant. Um, As far as application today to today's short few verses, again, the whole series is pointing us to what's greater than, what are we clinging to that is not even consistent within its own framework, those questions that we kind of ask ourselves. In what way are we living as if this life is all there is and and not being convinced that Jesus is greater than underscore? That's always a takeaway that we see through Hebrews. That's kind of the big thesis. But I think today specifically, we're again talking about Jesus as the great high priest. And we just saw the, the author make this argument that he's a priest forever. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. How much comfort can we get from that? I think that's that's a huge comfort, especially realizing that, yeah, we do have the perfect high priest. There's no one out there that you can cry to and have a shoulder to cry on that is like Jesus. No one is greater than him because he's the God-man, and he's going to be our perfect pr- high priest forever. He's interceding for us. We're going to be talking about that more in the next couple of days. So I hope you see this as, as applying to your life, that you run to Jesus It says that in verse verse 19, we draw near to God. We do that because of Jesus. And so I hope you see that and that you have a great day. You keep reading for yourself and we'll see you guys tomorrow.